like a chair. Uh, what happened to it? I don't think so. I'm going to take the building or something. Oh, shoot. There is a brain yeah. party. Yeah. Thank you, though. I appreciate it.
Good morning and welcome to worship. Uh, whether you're joining us uh, on Facebook, on YouTube, by phone, we are glad to be together this morning around the presence of Christ, uh, to praise God in, in word, in worship, uh, and to be together in this time. So thank you for joining us, whether this is your, your first time or if you're a longtime member, we are glad that you are here. Just a couple of a brief, brief announcements before we begin. Um, first of all, uh, after church today on Google Meet, uh, there is a meeting about um, the landscaping underneath the mural, uh, proposed landscaping underneath the mural along our building. Uh, there was login information sent out in our announcement email this week. It's also posted in our Trinity Facebook group, um, but you just need the Google Meet link or phone number and you can join us for that conversation. We're having a listening session about that. Please also continue to keep the family of John Bingham in your prayers. Uh, his service was on Friday of this week, his, his memorial service. So please continue to pray for his family. It is good to be with you this morning. Welcome to worship. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who creates us, redeems us, and calls us by name. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you and your beloved children. We have turned our faces away from your glory, and it did not appear as we expected. We have rejected your word when it made us confront ourselves. We have failed to show hospitality to those you called us to welcome. Accept our repentance for the things we have done and the things we have left undone. For the sake of Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us and lead us, that we may bathe in the glory of your Son born among us and reflect your love for all creation. Amen. Rejoice in this good news. In Christ Jesus, your sins are forgiven. You are descendants of the Most High, adopted into the household of Christ and inheritors of eternal life. Live as freed and forgiven children of God. Amen. Joy and peace. 
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. Living God, in Christ you make all things new. Transform the poverty of our nature by the riches of your grace. And in the renewal of our lives, make known your glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The first reading for today comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17. Thus says the Lord, Cursed are those who trust in mere mortals and make mere flesh their strength, whose hearts turn away from the Lord. They shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when life comes, when relief comes. They shall live in the parched places of the wilderness in an unhealthy uninhabited salt land. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. They shall be like a tree planted by water, sending out its roots by the stream. It shall not fear when heat comes, and its leaves shall stay green. In the year of drought, it is not anxious, and it does not cease to bear fruit. The heart is devious above all else. It is perverse. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, test the mind and search the heart to give to all according to their ways, according to the fruit of their doings. Word of God, word of life. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Our psalm for the day is Psalm 1, spoken responsibly. Happy are they who have not walked in the counsel of the wicked, nor lingered in the way of sinners, nor sat in the seats of the scornful. Their delight delight is in the law of the Lord, Lord, and they they meditate meditate on God's God's teaching day and and night. night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, bearing fruit in due season. With leaves that do not wither, everything they do shall prosper. It It is is not so with the the wicked. wicked. They They are are like like chaff which which the wind wind blows blows away. Therefore, Therefore the wicked shall not stand upright when judgment comes, nor the sinner in the counsel of the righteous. For the Lord Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall be destroyed. Our second reading comes from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 15. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, 
then our proclamation has been in vain and your faith has been in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testify of God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have died in the Christ have perished. If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. Word of God, word of life. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. Gospel according to Luke, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus came down with the twelve and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all in the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out from him and healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. 
Grace and peace be with you, friends, in the name of Jesus. Amen. So as you probably know, uh, February is Black History Month. The United States recognizes this month as a time to honor the rich cultural heritage, the triumphs and adversities of African Americans in this country. You can't tell the story of the United States without the contributions and sacrifices of African Americans. Black history is American history and vice versa. It's one of the miracles of Christian history that enslaved Africans, having received a false gospel from their so-called Christian slave traders and holders, nevertheless heard in the biblical story a message of life and liberation. The slave master's catechism stressed the virtue of obedience and counseled enslaved people to be content with their lot. But even then, the slaves heard a different message. They heard the story of God leading Moses and the enslaved Hebrews out of bondage in Egypt and into freedom. They were inspired by the prophets like Amos and their calls for justice. And in Jesus, they saw someone like themselves, someone mistreated, oppressed, and killed. The God they encountered wasn't the God that the slave masters tried to teach them. It was the God of the oppressed and the disinherited. They heard, despite all of that, good news for the poor. We can see the legacy and witness of this movement in the story of the black church. Last year, Henry Louis Gates Jr. put together a four-hour special on PBS on the black church. You can still watch it online if you missed it last year. The story is a testament to the power of the gospel, the power of the liberating spirit, and the resilience of people, the movement of God in our time. One who was touched by this God of liberation was the abolitionist Harriet Tubman. It's not often mentioned when we tell her story But Tubman's life was guided by her relationship with God. That's how she would describe it. Later in life, she would be active in the African Methodist Episcopal Church as well. But from the time she was a child, she would enter into these deep trance-like experiences in which she heard the voice of the Lord guiding her. In 1849, when she was still in slavery, she had one of these visionary experiences. She repeatedly, in this vision, saw a line. And in her own words, she said, On the other side of that line were green fields and lovely flowers and beautiful white ladies who stretched out their arms to me over the line. But I couldn't reach them, no how. I always fell before I got to the line. When she came out of this vision, she understood it as a signal from God to begin her escape. And even though she had lived in slavery her whole life, she became convinced that the God of the Exodus intended for her to be free. The author Robert Ellsberg writes, Though she was small in stature, Tubman was a strong woman. She had trained herself over the years to move quietly and to be at home in nature, to find her way in the dark. And she would use all of those skills to escape. 
She traveled by night, she followed the North Star, she passed through swamps and forests. She slept by day in the shelter of caves and at times by hiding in leafy treetops. And when she finally crossed that line into the free state of Pennsylvania, she looked at her hands to see if she was the same person, she said. And in her own words, she said, there was such glory over everything. The sun came like gold through the trees and over the fields, and I felt like I was in heaven. But Harriet Tubman's call from God didn't stop there. She sensed that God was calling her to more than just her own freedom, but to a wider mission for others' freedom. Again, she said, I had crossed the line. I was free, but there was no one there to welcome me to the land of freedom. I was a stranger in a strange land, and my home, after all, was down in Maryland. But I was free, and they should be free. I would make my home in the north and bring them here, God helping me. Over the next 12 years, Tubman made 19 trips into what she called Pharaoh's land. She rescued at least 300 slaves and helped build a network of safe houses and supporters called the Underground Railroad. A fantastic price was put on her head, $40,000 at the time, which in today's dollars would be a reward of $1.3 million. Among whites, she was one of the most hated figures in the South, and one of the most mysterious, too. They didn't really know what she looked like. But among slaves, she was known simply as Moses. I tell this story of Harriet Tubman, one that you probably know because I think it connects with our reading from Luke's Gospel for today. Jesus, in our Gospel reading, continues his message that Luke has repeated to bring good news to the poor. You'll remember from a couple of weeks ago, Jesus got up in the synagogue, opened his Bible to the prophet Isaiah, and read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free. That was Jesus' mission statement at the beginning of his ministry, to bring good news to the poor. So we shouldn't be surprised today in Luke 6 when we hear him preaching good news to the poor. Blessed are you who are poor, he says, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Jesus is also living out the song his mother sang during his pregnancy, during her pregnancy. In the Magnificat, Mary sang, God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. Mary was singing of the great reversal of God's kingdom. That when God's reign comes to earth, things are going to be turned upside down or perhaps right side up. That the poor would be uplifted and rich and powerful brought low was a sign that God was going to set things right. In a world of deep injustice, God was going to clean things up. God was sending a warning that things were going to be turned upside down. So we shouldn't be surprised when Jesus echoes his mother's song with warning and blessing. Just as Mary said that the poor would be uplifted and the rich and powerful brought low, 
Jesus said, Woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. This great reversal is good news for the poor. But the woes of Jesus' sermon are perhaps striking and challenging for us in each generation. In the time of Harriet Tubman, the slaveholders had twisted the gospel into a message that supported the rich and powerful that was good news for the status quo. But the power of the gospel broke through nonetheless. It broke through in that Mary's song and Jesus' good news for the poor echoed through the centuries and transformed a people. The challenge for disciples like us in every age is to hear this message of God's great reversal and live in response to it, to see the world in a new way. The world is going to tell us that some things are, are, this is where our security is, this is what a good life is, and God's great reversal says, uh, try looking at it in a different way. The poor will be blessed, and woe to those who are rich. This is a hard message in a way, but it is ultimately good news for everyone, for all of us. It challenges the way things are. We may make peace with the way things are, but God is setting, coming to set things right, to bring justice to a world full of injustice. Now Jesus is speaking in this section to a great crowd that is gathered to hear him teach. But the text says that when he switches to the Beatitudes, the blessings and the woes, he speaks to his disciples specifically. The text says he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you that are poor. Now, of course, the crowd overheard this, but I think we should hear these blessings and woes in the context of Jesus addressing those who have chosen to follow him. It might help us hear these words slightly differently. Jesus calls the disciples in Luke chapter 5, which we read uh, last week. And then in Luke chapter 10, he's going to send out the disciples in mission. And in this section that we're in right now, Luke 6 through 9, about chapter 9, Jesus is preparing his disciples for that sending in Luke chapter 10. So he calls them, teaches them, sends them. So in a way, he's preparing them for what they might encounter. He's teaching them what it will mean to follow him, and it will at times mean risk. And he's reassuring them that they are on the right path, that they are blessed. Luke tells us that when the disciples started following Jesus, many of them left everything behind. Income, jobs, family, friends. So when Jesus says, blessed are you who are poor, to his disciples, he is speaking to followers who may have very recently become very poor because they left their income behind. Maybe some of them, because of this uh, precarity, are hungry. Maybe some of them are grieving what they left behind. And Jesus said, blessed are you, for you will be filled. Blessed are you, for you will be comforted. And he prepares them to be rejected, as they will be when they are sent. Blessed are you when people hate you when people put out a bounty on your head. And maybe there are some disciples who need encouragement to find security in Christ, to truly leave behind everything and follow him. The Beatitudes, as they are found in Luke's Gospel, are a word of blessing and encouragement for followers who are embarking on a risky call. 
one that leads to freedom, but one that involves going against what much of the world will tell them. And in a way, I want to lift up for us today, uh, just for our reflection and challenge, and ultimately for our good, that Harriet Tubman is probably a little bit more like the disciples than someone who looks like me, someone who is willing to risk it all for the sake of others, to live out God's mission of freedom and justice in the world. But the good news for all of us, my dear siblings, is that Jesus' vision, the one that is announced in these blessings and woes, continues to animate the church's vision of the world, a vision that turns the world upside down, that is about setting things right, that when people are ground down in poverty, that God is on their side. The blessing that sent those disciples into the world is the same blessing that goes with us now. The, one who trans- the God who transformed the life of a woman born into slavery in Maryland and turned her into the American Moses is the same God who promises freedom and justice today. So as we wrestle with this vision, as it challenges the ways we've been taught to see the world, remember that God has been on the move, that God moved in the life of those disciples, that God moved in the life of Harriet Tubman and people in the abolitionist movement, that God is on the move now, calling us ahead, that we are blessed as we put ourselves alongside those that God walks alongside. And so, however you hear these words today, may you be inspired and animated by God's vision of justice, by God's compassion for the poor, of God's great love for a world in need. Amen.
The Spirit of the Lord is poured out upon us in abundance, so we are bold to pray for the church, the world, and all that God has made. God of grace, hear our prayer. Send your blessings of mercy upon those who long for consolation. Tend to those struggling with poverty, unemployment, and uncertainty. Provide for all who are hungry. Console those who face persecution. Grant peace to all who suffer, especially Deniah, Jennifer, Paul, Rick, Vicki, Lynn, Harley, Kristen, Bob, and all those we name now aloud or in our hearts. God of grace, hear our prayer. Renew this congregation in our shared mission as we plan and dream for the future that you are preparing. Inspire us by the example of Martin Luther and all the reformers. Bless new projects and new ministry partnerships. God of grace, hear our prayer. Christ is raised from the dead, and so we cling to the hope of resurrection. We praise you for the lives of the saints who lived and died in the hope of eternal life with you. God of grace, hear our prayer. Since we have such great hope in your promises, O God, we lift these and all of our prayers to you in confidence and faith. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Take a moment to exchange a greeting of peace in the comments section or find a way to reach out by phone or email. Find some way to share the peace of the Lord with your church family today. And a reminder uh, that during this time, you can continue to support the mission and ministry of Trinity, uh, both through online giving and our website, tlcmsn.org, and click on online giving. Or you can send your offering by mail to our mailing address, 1904 Winnebago Street. Thank you so much for your ongoing uh, generosity, and thanks be to God for the many blessings of our community. Now hear our musical offering.
pray. Blessed are you, O God, sovereign of the universe. You offer us new beginnings and guide us on our journey. Lead us to your table. Nourish us with this heavenly food and prepare us to carry your love to a hungry world. In the name of Christ, our light. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should all times and all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ. By the leading of a star, he was shown forth to all nations. In the waters of the Jordan, you proclaimed him your beloved Son. And in the miracle of water turned to wine, he revealed your glory. And so with all the choirs of angels, the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. the beginning and the end, the giver of life. Blessed are you for the birth of creation. Blessed are you in the darkness and in the light. Blessed are you for your promise to your people. Blessed are you in the prophet's hopes and dreams. Blessed are you for Mary's openness to your will. 
Blessed are you for your son Jesus, the word made flesh. We remember on the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave for all to eat, saying, this, this is my body, given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. With this bread and cup, we remember your word dwelling among us, full of grace and truth. Remember, remember our new birth in his death and resurrection. We look with hope for his coming. Come, Lord Jesus. Holy God, we long for your spirit. Come among us. Bless this meal. May your word take flesh in us. Awaken your people. Fill us with your light. Bring the gift of peace on earth. Come, Holy Spirit. All praise and glory are yours. Holy One of Israel, Word of God incarnate, Power of the Most High, One God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. You are now invited, if you have gathered elements for today, to commune in your homes. If you are with other people, uh, share the elements you've gathered with the words, the body of Christ given for you, and the blood of Christ shed for you. And if you are not with other people, then take these elements and receive them as a gift and hear my voice as a voice from outside yourself offering you this gift in the name of Jesus, the body of Christ given for you, and the blood of Christ shed for you. And if you do not have the elements on hand or if you are electing to fast today, then receive this blessing. Jesus loves you, forgives your sins, you are God's beloved child. Amen. Come to God's table. There is a place for you and enough for all. Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in God's grace. Amen. We give you thanks, gracious God, for we have feasted on the abundance of your house. Send us to bring good news and to proclaim your favor to all, strengthened with the richness of your grace in your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
pathways of righteousness, who rejoices over you and who calls you by name, bless your going out and your coming in, today and forever. Amen. Amen. Go with Christ into a weary world. Share the good news. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Thank you. 
Thank you. 